Well, welcome back to Three Part Par. My name is Mike Caridi and I am your host. This is episode number 330. It's been a very, very busy week. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm happy to talk this week about a bunch of different things we've got going on. I'm very, very happy to welcome back the semi-regular co-host, Mr. Will K to help me. Will, welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm excited. Number number six, I think I'll probably stop. Is it really? Now. It is. So That's... I think, uh, yeah, I'll just uh, take on whichever uh, weeks you're willing to give me, I'll be here. Yeah. Well, yeah, as long as we're not having to talk about superannuation or anything else along those lines, we're good. <laughs> we're fine. No, um, you, you can double my salary this week. That'll be fine. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll open up this week's podcast by sharing an insight into next week's podcast and as a little bit of a thank you to Will for this week. Um, just for those listening, you've got Will and I this week talking about the amazing Cognizant Classic, uh, aka the old Honda Classic. Um, but next week, we do have a very, very special guest and it is already recorded, ready to go. So it will still come out next Monday night. Uh, and that is with Mr. Mike DeVries. So Mike is a golf course designer, and he is based obviously down at uh, Seven Mile Beach at the moment. We would bump into him a lot. Um, but he's also the man behind Kate Wickham, and you've heard Will and I talk about both of those courses a lot over the last, you know, six or seven months. Um, but yeah, big thank you to Will because I did um, I did pay Mike in King Island cheese for his time and um, yeah big thanks mate for dropping that cheese into to Mike last week or this week for me no it's always popular when you come around bearing gifts so no, Mike was needless to say very excited about receiving that and uh, and I'm very excited to hear what he had to say and uh, next Monday night next Monday night yes it was a good chat uh, I will wait till then because we do uh, the preview for the API and I'll add that on at the end but uh, we do talk for about an hour. It was a very easy chat. I described it to, again without no spoilers, but uh, I did I did describe it to Mike. It's I don't expect your fried egg, uh, no laying up, really, you know, uh, golf course architecture heavy questioning from me because I'm not even going to try and play in that realm. I'll leave it to the um, Australian golf passport guys to to be very much more knowledgeable than that. Um, I said think of it more like a you know a chat of two blokes at a bar. And he said, oh, good. And he just held up a stubby of bogues while he was talking to me. I was like, perfect. This, this is going to be perfect. So, um, no, it was a really, really good chat. We, we we talked for an hour and we could have talked for two or three hours. It was just really, really easy and really, really fun. So I really hope everyone enjoys that next week. Uh, but this week was, I won't say it wasn't exciting. I mean, it was, it was probably it was probably the epitome of a stock standard PGA Tour down week. Um, I don't mm. know if you got to watch any golf this week. Mm. I did. I watched a little bit of it. I yep. was um, particularly. Um, I saw a couple of swings from the eventual winner, Nat, and just watching his tempo and watching that swing got me excited to watch a bit more of the golf. So yeah, I did watch a bit more of it coming through, and it was great to watch watch the way he hit the ball. But um, but yeah, as you say, it wasn't um, wasn't chock full of. Uh, Stars at the top of the no. leaderboard in the end, and I think Tony Finau would be um, a bit grumpy on the uh, plane flight home, not having cracked, <laughs> uh, you know, the top ten where he should have been at such an event. He should, but, um, but yes, it was um, a, an off week, but an interesting week. So no, it was good fun. Yeah, it was just enough. I think it was just enough to keep me interested for the week. I think Jake Nat was a good winner. Uh, for those mm -hmm. that don't know. Um, he turned pro in 2016 and played on the PGA Tour of Canada. So I'm just running through his, his bio. Um, 
from 2016 to 2019 that was. And then 2019, he got his Corn Ferry card via PGA Tour Canada. Um, a couple of years there, obviously with COVID and everything else, lost his Tour uh, Corn Ferry card in 2021. Went back from 2021 to 2022. Do you know what he did as a job? You might have heard it in no. the news this week. He was a bouncer. No, no. He, he went and worked in a bar. He was a oh, bouncer. Was he? he was a bouncer for two, for two years. Decided he'd have another Jeez. crack at it. Went back in 2022 yep. to the Canadian PGA Tour. Finished second, mm-hmm. which got him the um, elevation up to the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, last year, finished 13 um, on the Corn Ferry Tour to get his PGA Tour card. And then, yeah, now he wins. So, you know, Well, that is a good story. That is a good There's story. A, yeah, I... Yep, I will uh, give them a bit of credit for that. That's a fun story. And he certainly had speed with the club, so he, I'm sure, would have had uh, speed to push a couple of uh, unruly guests at uh, the bar <laughs> around. So he's, yep. I guess, qualified on that standard. Yeah, I think it was a couple of weeks ago watching him. I can't remember where he played, but uh, Cheese. Actually, Cheese was the first guest on My, um, my Love of Golf. No, mm-hmm. Three Pup Par, that's the other <laughs> podcast. Um, he was my first guest, and he messaged me one day and it just literally said jake knapp is a meat axe <laughs> and he really is he's a little meat axe <laughs> so it was probably yep. timely like you said that he was a uh he was a bouncer um obviously won this week he wasn't in in the picks last week and and again I, i'll preface it by saying the data that i pulled through is very heavily weighted to last year's data and that's because as a sample size you got a lot more numbers to work with and it's a lot more accurate if i just use this year's data you do miss a lot of stuff that trends, but you also, the benefit of using current data is you can pick up someone like Jake Knapp who's playing well, which I don't get to see unless I'm looking at his tournament form uh, coming in because obviously he didn't play here last year. So he gets missed, which which will happen here and there, so I don't feel too bad about it. But if you were just looking at something like the data that I send out, you would have seen, obviously, it hasn't played in Mexico before. Um, obviously, won Mexico this week. He was 28th at Phoenix and two weeks before that, third at the Farmers. So he had pretty good form coming in. So it wasn't mm. a massive, massive su- surprise to a number of people. I know Pat Perry on the Tour Junkies podcast out of the States, good friends of mine, he picked him and he was paying around $55. So he was the first winner this year uh, under 101 or this season, I should say. Um, so $53 was probably, probably about the right price. It wasn't going to be super mm-hmm. short and it wasn't a super strong field. So... For a person who finished third at the Farmers and 28th at Phoenix, it's it's probably around the right number. Hmm. Um, the other guys that played well this week, um, Sammy Valamaki, Vel- uh, coming off the European Tour was quite good. I actually felt like he was going to pinch it at one point. I don't know whether it was because I felt like he had the bit more reps in him. But um, I don't know. Jake was really good. It was rock solid. And all week they hmm. talked to Jake about... Um, a lot about his grandfather who'd passed away and very big figure in his life and he has his initials tattooed on his on his um in a left arm um, and it really clearly made a, a, a big impression on his life um actually still said that after every round he still text messaged him you know if he's passed away but he still does it and hmm. you know just messages him like i wish you were here and things like that so it was a, it was a really really nice story um and especially to see yeah. him win um, Stephen Yeager my pick last week my top pick in the tips finished t3 i'm not going to get too excited he, he kind of just was middling uh 68 68 69 really the 65 in the final round really pushed him up the leaderboard and probably made his his finish or my tip a little bit more respectable than it probably was 
Uh, and CT Pan was exactly the same. CT Pan finished T3 as well. He he finished 600 in that final round as well. Uh, the other bigger names, Patrick Rogers, who was my mum's pick. I, I play a little game against my mum every week. She gets very excited. She'll be listening to this. Um, she was very excited that Patrick Rogers finished well. Uh, Bobby McIntyre had probably, I want to say, his best finish on the PGA Tour so far. If not, it'd be pretty close. Yeah, yeah I think he's the, uh, as high as I've noticed him, he always... Uh... Uh, certainly stands out with the Scottish flag next to his name, but it's yep. good for your mate on King Island to see uh, Patrick Rogers up the top as well. It is. I forgot about that. Yeah, he probably he'd be very excited that bloke sitting in the sitting in the King Island bakery would have been very excited. And we did clear you and I did clarify after he's not left-handed; he's mm. right-handed. So he may no, actually correct. that guy might have been back in Bob McIntyre this week. Still, he would have been <laughs> not knowing who to cheer for. <laughs> tough call, really tough call. Uh, and the other one, like you said, Tony Fino is probably the biggest name that was there. T11 after a first and a second in his last two years. Um, a game a little bit like Jaeger, just didn't really get anything going, but didn't have that really good one single round like Jaeger did. So he finished, you know, three, four shots behind him. Um, again, not not a not an amazing week, not the worst week. Probably a, a good story, a nice story. I think we're probably mm. past the nice stories though. I think we're all wanting to see yeah. a couple of really big names just obliterate a few yeah. tournaments i don't know it's it's the tough tough thing with the uh, elevated events or whatever they're called these days yeah, this week yeah um just <laughs> having uh all of those players just playing in those ones and really focused on those means there's if there's a couple in a row that are the lower level events it really does start to drag on a little bit mm. and before there were those elevated events you still had you know two or three or four uh big names in every week and you didn't yeah. have all twenty of them playing against each other, and it's it's such a um, a double edged sword where when you have you know forty of the top fifty or whatever it is playing in the elevated events, that means you've potentially got one of the top fifty in the off weeks. Yeah, and so it's um, you have the better highs, but you have the lower lows. So it's um, this was a week of one of the lower lows, but you know, still unbelievable golf, and I've got no doubt that if if I went out there, I wouldn't break a hundred. But it's um, but it's you just don't see those names that you recognise and the ones that you can really get the that you know the stories about without having to, you know, have the commentators uh, going through the Wikipedia pages to find <laughs> the stories as yeah. they come down the back night, and so yeah, it's, right. you don't quite have that attachment to all the the players. So that's that's what happened this week. But uh, you know, next week we might see something different. Yeah, I mean everything you said is bang on, and you add to that. I mean, live live hasn't. Liv's taken a couple of key players, you know, Ram obviously mm. being the biggest, but DJ as well, Cam Smith, those guys are all top tier. But even that middle of the road guys that they've taken out makes it makes a dint in these sorts of tournaments because mm. they're the names you remember. Like oh, I don't, you know, hundred percent. A week like this, hundred percent. They've, Coulter they've or stolen Sergio personalities. Or someone. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, no doubt. Then. The other one, we'll go, I won't go to the, I won't go to Europe just yet. I'm going to stay. I'm going to head back to Australia for a moment. So I did probably the event that I watched the most this weekend was the Athena, uh, the two day mm. women's event held at Peninsula Kingswood this year. I think normally it's held at um, Sandringham here in Melbourne. It's held a little bit further down the peninsula at, uh, at Peninsula Kingswood. Um, I don't know if you got to watch any of this during the day on the weekend, like me sitting around on the couch. Uh, I didn't uh, see much. I saw a couple of the highlights yep. on uh, on social, so that was that was good to see. And there certainly seemed to be a very good um, good vibe around the tournament, and everybody was having a good time. And yep. 
I was lucky enough to play Peninsula Kingswood a couple of weeks ago. That's right. So it's good to see see that come up as well. So it's always fun to see the courses and see how much better they are at playing the course than I am. But it's um yeah, no, it's good fun. Now we haven't asked you about that. Was that the first time you played PK? Uh yeah, well the first time in about twenty five years. So oh, very yeah. much the first time since they've made the significant changes. And uh it is a serious uh setup across the board mm. down there. And um I was really impressed with all of it. It certainly, they obviously made plenty of money from the uh, the sale of the um, land from the uh, Kingswood course Kingswood, and all yeah. those things, and they can see where the you can see where all the dollars have gone to, and it is a uh, a real treat to go down there and the, the clubhouse and all of the different um, bits everywhere. You can just see have been done very well. And so it was um, that was great. The course conditioning was fantastic. the uh, the surfaces were, as good as anywhere, and mm. um, so yeah, I would be very happy to go back through the gates of Peninsula Kingswood again in the future, and uh, it'd be a good, good course to be a member at. With the, having two courses is always yep. a luxury, but also having all the gym facilities and all of that sort of thing too mm. is uh, quite glorious. So, oh, the um, yeah. the conditioning, like you said, there's not many places in Australia that are close, let alone as good. Mm. Um, and yeah, the practice facilities, driving range, shipping mm-hmm. greens. Everything just exceptional place. North well, course is amazing. I mean, they're both both courses are amazing, but mm, not, you would mm. never have a bad day there. No, the the pure distinction on the greens as well. Mm. I hadn't. Um, I don't know that I've played another course with that uh, surface, and that was a, a real treat as well. So, yeah, uh, it was um, something I'm already looking forward to going back there again asap. Well, this was their this was their. Uh, first crack at holding a bigger event. I know that they are keen to try and get, you know, an Australian Open down there, something along those lines. Uh, they got the, obviously got the course. They've obviously got something that works as a composite. They've got both the single courses. They could make it work. Um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it would have been great this week as an example of something to show on television how great the course is. I think it's great that they hold something like that and just get all the little bits and pieces down to show that they can execute. I think they probably would have preferred to have more people there. I mean, I don't know that Sandy has that many more in years gone by, but at least that way you can show, can, you know, accommodate that many people on on course and get the, still the visibility of, of the players and get up close. I mean, it is probably one of those events that's very, very different. You've only got the 12 players, uh, 12 females running around um, with the skills challenge on day one and then the playing of the heads up stuff on, on day two. So it is a shortened event, a bit more fun um, and yeah, quite enjoyable. So for those that don't know, so day one, literally it's just nine challenges, um, everything from, you know, tricky chips to long putts to all sorts of stuff, bunker shots, um, the, the girls have a at least one mulligan, I think, that they can use at any time. If they're not happy with the result they have, they get rated on a scoreboard uh, for, for all the challenges in that the top uh, eight go through. And um, from there, they play heads up uh, four-hole match play. Or, sorry, four-hole uh, golf. And then they go through from there and they finally get to a final two. Um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it because it is something different. I think day one, day one I probably prefer more. It's not, I won't say it's not real golf. It's not real golf. It's it's a skills <laughs> challenge, but it's just fun to watch. Like oh, watching watching them try to lag stuff up and they have a hole where they have to sort of chip from down in a gully up or to a green that's sitting on a tier just past a little front and 
they don't get to choose what golf club they use. So they have a helmet out and they pull a ball out with a, any club on it in the bag. Mm-hmm. And so I know Steph Bunky, she pulled out a uh, hybrid at one point. And they said, well, she's like, I don't play hybrid. So can I can't be a three iron or a three wood. And they said, grab your three wood. And she hit the three wood like a putter, you know, probably from 60, 80 feet and with a big break sweeping right-hander. And she got it up to about, no, a foot. It was an exceptional mm-hmm. shot. So um, just watching people do things different and, and, you know, try different shots and, I just found it really, really good. Kelsey Bennett was a winner in the end, um, beat Amy Chu. Um, they played the four holes. Funnily enough, Kelsey had an eagle on the first and then a double on the double on the fourth hole uh, to finish it even. And Amy had the um, the uh, double and I think two bogeys to finish it even. A uh, four over, sorry. So she missed out. But yeah, I just think it's a, it's a fun event. I just think it's a you know, if, especially if you're not mad for mad for tournament golf and you want to watch something different, especially if you if you've got young kids or especially young girls that mm-hmm. want to be interested in golf, watching this sort of stuff on TV mm. is just so good to watch. Oh, 100%. And it's it's more relatable as well from a golfer perspective. Yeah. Like I think because everyone who goes down to a golf course, they can throw a couple of balls next to a green and play those shots and things like that. Whereas if you watch a PGA Tour event or even the, the full W, uh, the women's game, uh, they mm. hit shots that I'd never have a chance of hitting. Yeah. So it's fun to watch these sort of things. And it's different to a 70-hole 70 hole, 72 hole stroke play event finally. So it's, um, it, that's fun to watch as well. So yeah, yeah more of it. The, uh, probably the highlight, should I say, watch a young girl should be watching it to be, you know, showing, you know, how great golf is. I was sitting with a friend of mine, Melinda, watching it for about half an hour and it was the long drive portion. And they don't have to hit the fairway in this, they just had to hit it as long as they could and they got the carry distance off the track, man. And Steph Bunky got one out there about 230 meter carry. And mm-hmm. my friend Melinda said to me, how far do you hit it? I said, not that far. <laughs> she she <laughs> smoked, smoked it past me. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. 230 carry was was a solid whack. I mean, some of the girls weren't, mm-hmm. weren't hitting it that far, but it's just thoroughly impressive watching some of the mm-hmm. some of the mechanics and and the ability of of these girls or guys when they showed some of the guys stuff. Like, wh- I remember watching a video years ago of Tiger Woods on a driving range doing a clinic. I could watch that stuff for hours. Just watching him yep. hit different shots and try different things or watching anyone on any driving range at a tournament you've ever been to. It's just exceptional mm. to watch. Oh, 100%. No, it, it's great to see how they do it all. It's, um, no, a lot of fun. Um, the third event was the tournament with the best name in golf, the ma- ma- <laughs> I say Mystical, the Magical Kenya Open. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of this. I won't lie to you. I, I did watch very much more of the PJ Tour in the morning and then the uh, Athena in the afternoon. Uh, Darius Vandriel was the winner. Uh, won at 14 under, rock solid all week, uh, 66, 69, 68, 67. Uh, Joe Dean and Nacho Elvira at 12 under in second. Um, yeah, I don't, I can't really talk too much to it. I don't know if you watched any, any of the, uh, any of the golf in Kenya this week. Uh, no, I didn't see any of that one, but it was good. Good to see Matthew Jordan play well. I'm pretty sure he's the yep. uh, the Royal Liverpool member who did well in the Open Championship last year. Oh, so okay. yeah, yeah, that means he was well. he was a guy that um, that did some good good things there, and that was a good once again a good story there. So good to see him uh, take that across to the uh, the rest of the European Tour performance. So that's good fun. But no, that's about the extent of what I can take away from it. Yeah, I mean, I watched. I would say all up. I maybe might maybe watch an hour over the weekend. Um, it's just. It's amazing watching some of the courses that come up in this time of year and you realize how spoiled you are 
on such manicured courses that we get to see here in Australia. Not that the, the course they played at was horrendous, but there was like some patchy parts of greens and other bits and pieces that you think, oh, wow, you, you wouldn't say that anywhere else on a, you know, the PJ Tour, you wouldn't see that sort of course. In the next few weeks, mm. they're playing over South Africa. They're obviously South Africa the other week. So, um, yeah, it's a... It's a different sort of time of year for that for that tour, and again, probably been impacted a lot um, over the last couple of years with with live golf, but also just um, COVID definitely made a dent in the money and sponsorship they've got available to take or take golf around the world, I guess, because they they were the only tour that was doing it because the PGA Tour certainly wasn't. Mm. Now, the the one other thing that I did see from that tournament was uh, Ronald Rugamayo, who was the Ugandan golfer yeah. who uh, made made the cut on the number. And yep. that was that he was the first Ugandan golfer to make a cut in the on the European tour. And so that was exciting. And you don't think you've seen a bigger smile on a uh, golfer coming and making the cut on the number. So he was very excited and so he should be. It was that was another good story. Yeah, I, I saw the the putt the putt that he they showed about ten million times the putt that he had that sort of just dripped in at the end. Was that the putt? Mm-hmm. I think that was the putt to actually make the cut. I'm guessing that's yeah, what I think it was. So. Yeah. so he he had to birdie the last hole. So he, yep. and he did that. So fun times. No, you can never. Good stories are good stories. Doesn't matter what sport uh-huh. you're playing. Good stories are good stories. Absolutely true. Um, I'm only going to touch on a couple of things before we skip to next week. Now we, I haven't given you a run sheet this week, so it's all it's all new news to you. So mm. you, you you can't be prepared. You can't be. Re- Prepared for everything I'm going to be throwing at you, but I don't think any of it's too uh, too drastic. First one is Charlie Woods. So Charlie Woods, played, he didn't play in a Monday qualifier. He was playing in a pre-qualifier to get into the Monday qualifier to try and play at the Cognizant this week on the PGA Tour. And uh, mustn't be too far away from where he lives, I think, because I think they're pretty much down near Jupiter, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, shot 86. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. Charlie having a dip at playing PGA Tour? Oh, look, I'm quite sure it would be the first test for him and it's just a shame that he is Charlie Woods and so everybody knows about it, mm. uh, which is a tough scene because like, he would have loved to get up there and uh, give himself a, a proper test and not just the uh, the PNC where he goes and hits, hits from 50 metres in front of everybody else and it's just a bit of a hit and giggle. So I'm sure Tiger would be saying, look, if you want to compete on these courses, you've got to go out and see what you like actually against the big fields and so out he went i mean he's he's i think he's still 14 or 15 maybe so so it's pretty early to do something like that i remember um there was a story about peter Tugud, who's a a very good tasmanian golfer whose son is now the uh, looking after uh, the grass growing at uh, seven mile beach he may or may not get a mention in next week's podcast as well oh there you go and uh, I remember his dad, who was also a, a golf pro, said, "You can't until you can really compete with the uh, the big guys. You're not allowed to play in a tournament." And mm-hmm. he went out and won his first tournament by three or four shots, or something yep. like that. But I'd I'd be surprised if he wasn't a bit older than 14 when he did that. But yep. who knows? So it'll be it'll be interesting. It's um, they're pretty big shoes to fill uh, that Charlie's got. So it's oh, unless he is an absolute. Um, on again, it'll be a really tough scene. It's similar to when uh, Jack Nicholas kids came through, yeah. And, um, like that, and they played in you know a couple of major tournaments and things like that. And so they certainly weren't uh, bad golfers by any stretch, but uh, ginormous shoes to fill. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I've got no problems with him doing it. I think, like you said, it's it's probably just mm-hmm. very tough on him because of the fact 
of who his dad is and knowing it, the whole world's going to be watching it and, you know, two peanuts like you and I are going to be talking about it on a Monday morning, <laughs> and mo- Monday afternoon in uh, Melbourne and, and Hobart time Australia. Mm. Um, I'm probably just more surprised that he did it. Like, mm. I, I don't see the benefit. Like, unless he was feeling like he was striping it and he's played there a few times and thought he's going to get close, mm. I would have thought it's a big stretch. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's Earl coming through and Tiger wanting to put him under the pump just to see if pressure makes diamonds. I don't know. Like, I just mm. I just find it as one of those things like, is it really worth doing something that's probably impossible? Just, mm. I don't know, and the lesson? Not and sure. it also... Because it doesn't sound as though he's the number one 14-year-old golfer in yeah. his county in Florida. And so, like, he's he's a very good 14-year-old golfer, no doubt, but he's, yeah. he's not the best 14-year-old, let alone 15, 16, 18 aspiring pro. So it feels like he did jump quite a few different steps yeah. um, by going into this. But as you say, maybe that's what, Tiger wants to do is to say, look, this is this is where you got to get to. So mm. why not do it for another two or three years, and then he might come out and win by seven. It's true. It's true. I think, um, yeah, I'm not disappointed that he didn't make it through. Um, mm. I hope he doesn't cop the pressure that I know he's going to cop. But yeah, good luck to him. Um, he's clearly a good little golfer. But yeah, every time mm. that he does anything, the world's going to be watching. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like trying to get through doing this sport with that much on your plate, let alone anything else, oh. swing thoughts and what yep. whatever else is going to come uh-huh. with it. Uh-huh. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the other big news, which is still not confirmed, um, and from a betting point of view, I really don't know how this is going to work. And I hand up, as all of you know, I don't understand how it works as it is. Uh, but Anthony Kim is supposedly playing in Live Jetta next week. Hmm. Um, I did. Uh, I did hear that. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. Now I don't. I, I believe this year there's something about players not necessarily being in teams that are still playing. I, I don't know how it works. He might play for a team. I'm not sure. Um, it hasn't been confirmed by him. I know. I, I did see Australian Golf Digest had some sort of chat with Craig Norman, and he definitely mentioned it, but I don't think he confirmed it. Um, <laughs> the odds are up now. So if I want to look at the odds for the tournament of the. Um, the event this week for Live Golf, uh, he's not listed. So from a gambling point of view, I find that really weird, right? I'm going to run through the golf odds for Live Jetta. I'm not going to give you a tip on it because you know as much about this. as Anyone listening here, you know as much about this as I do. Um, go crazy. Uh, John Rahm, 550. Brooks Kepker 11. DJ, 11. Neiman, who just got a, a special exemption into the Masters in April, 12, Taylor Gooch, 13, Tyrrell Hatton, 15, DeChambeau, 15, Cam Smith, 17. Now, if I go down the board, everyone's there. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Herbert, Leishman, Lahiri, Bland, Peters, Cantor, Ogletree, Poulter, Nah, Schwartzel, everyone. Danny Lee, Stone Marvelous, 500 to 1. But there's no Anthony Kim, right? And the part that I find weird as a gambler Oh, no, sorry, he's there. He's listed. There you go. They've added him in. 150 to 1. He definitely wasn't there an hour ago. Mm-hmm. So there you go. He's listed yeah. in the house. I was going to say, well, if he wins and he wasn't in the market, geez, you'd be pretty dirty that you've bet on a, <laughs> bet on a horse race and there's not enough, the whole, half the horses aren't named. But he's in. There you go. There will be, yeah, there'll be an unusual amount of money probably go towards him. 
Yes. But, uh, and you can't bet on him to miss the cut. So I suppose if you want to have a go, <laughs> no. you, that's the that's the only option. So that would be, yeah, that would you be never know. I'll, I'll be interested to see. Uh, look, I've obviously got a bit of a, a merch um, angle for everything. I'll be interested to see yeah. what he's wearing, whether he uh, sticks into the, the Nike stuff, whether he gets into Sunday Red or whether he uh, does something completely different. But, um, yeah, or what clubs he'll be playing because he was yeah. pretty notorious for having the Nike clubs in the bag. So I'll be interested to Nike see Nike Sasquatch driver. Who knows? Maybe he <laughs> literally rips out the old kit from – he hasn't played golf in – at least 10 years. So I always say he's my professional golfer. Who yeah, knows what he does 20, on the weekend? 2012, 2013, I think, was yeah. his last there you go. 12 um, PGA Tour, something like that. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how he gets back into it. I can tell you yeah, now, yeah. for the gamblers that are remotely going to outlay money on live golf, I can tell you that uh, <laughs> Bet365 definitely has him listed at 150 to 1, and Sportsbet does not have any market up for him at all. So, yeah, I don't think anybody knows what's going on just yet, and it's just weird. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm like anyone else. He was just such a character, um, amazing personality. Mm. Which you know, obviously they've got a handful of those guys already playing on the live tour. Um, I'll be very interested to see how he goes. I don't know that I'll get up and watch the event, but I'll definitely be checking the scores the day after he plays just to see how he goes. Mm. I'm sure that oh, social will be social be full of answering yeah. him. Um, yes, I don't imagine you'll have to search. Bedazzled belt buckles. I hope, it, I hope he brings it all back, like all of it. Just really oh, gaudy, yeah. ugly kit and just, yeah. It's just like he gets yeah. out of a time machine and walks onto the first tee. That's what I'd love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be, um, if he's got walk-up music, it could only be from, <laughs> you know, it's hits of summer 2010 or something yes. like that, just to just that to make sure we all, we all know who we're watching. That would be so good. Uh, I really, I look, yeah, who knows? Maybe he won't, maybe he will. Um, we'll find out in a couple of days. Mm. Um, that was the only other stuff I had from this week. Um, so on to the week coming up. So this week is, as we talked about at the top of the show, the Cognizant Classic. It's formerly the Honda Classic for anyone who's paying any attention. Uh, it's at the PGA National, uh, obviously down in Florida. For all of you that are be watching on TV, uh, prepare to hear the words bear trap about 5,000 times <laughs> um, because, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they just love getting onto the bear trap. Um, it's probably a course that is, I want to say it's, it's a little bit harder. There's, there's, I think it's 15 holes that have water in play. Um, so, you know, the last few weeks we've been seeing guys, you know, 19 to, you know, nearly 30 under, uh, average score here is going to be closer to 10 under, even if, if they have changed the course up slightly this year, they've gone to a past 71 from past 70, uh, they pushed out one of the par fours to a back tee to bring in, bring it up to a par five. Um, I probably think it'll be pretty similar, you know, the, the stuff that I'll be looking at will be the weather, um, because it is a course that is greatly impacted by the wind. Um, it doesn't look too bad. It's going to be 26 every day at the moment. Obviously this is very early weather report, um, a little bit windy Friday through the weekend and Sunday, there could be a little bit of rain. Uh, so I'll be keeping an eye on that. If I'm going to have bet on round one leader, I'll probably have a look at the guys that are out first thing in the morning. Um, just because I feel like that might be the better of the better of the two waves. Um, other than that, it's again probably a little bit of a weaker field as we've talked about. Uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill is next week, and the week after is the Players Championship. So there are a few people that'll be just relaxing at home or just practicing a little bit. But there are some big names here: um, Rory's here, Sung Jae uh, Shane Lowry, Billy Horschel, Sepp Straka, 
uh, Minwoo Lee and Adrian Moronk, probably the biggest names. Um, from a data perspective, outside of just looking at the weather, I'm looking at the shots from about 125 to 200 yards. Um, this course over-indexes around that sort of distance into green. So strokes gained approach from that range is what I'll be looking at. Bogey avoidance. So you can look at stats of bogey avoidance on, on how well people avoid bogeys effectively. And this is a course where I want someone to be able to be really highly ranked there because water is going to bring in some big numbers. I think I remember... Flashing back to there's a par three, might be the end of the bear trap or in the middle. And I remember Adam Scott getting up there one year and being in the lead. And I reckon he dunked two either in the final round or was, was just sitting there going, you kill. I think I backed him and I was like, this is killing me. I'm pretty sure he still went on to win, but oh God, I was just a nervous wreck watching him stand there over that over that tee shot. Um, strokes gain tee to green is important and putting is always key. So they're putting on Bermuda this week. So if you're good on Bermuda, you're going to be in the picks um, or at least be higher up the numbers. Now, we are going to play Mike versus the Mug. Just to give you some time, I'm sure you've done like like hours of homework for this, but um, yes. it is it is early, like we said, for the, uh, for the odds to be out. So they are not published yet on Bet365 or on uh, Sportsbet here in Australia, but we do have some odds up on on the uh, Betfair, which is where I normally bet anyway. Um, the odds aren't going to be perfect. They will fluctuate a little bit depending on how much more money comes into the market, but it gives you a pretty good handle on where everyone's at. As you can imagine, Rory McIlroy is a favorite. He's at $7.50. Russell Henley, $16.50. Cameron Young, who I think will be in a lot of people's picks this week, $16.50. Well, Just moved 17 Matt Fitzpatrick, 18 Sungjae Im, 18 Tom Kim, 18 Minwoo Lee, 18 Probably a little under based on his form thus far. Avon, the winner earlier in the year, uh, 22. And then you're sort of going down to Chris Kirk, who won last year at $32. Uh, JT Post in 22. Like I said, some odds there that are probably going to shuffle around and move a little bit over the next the next couple of days while the money floods in and people start really um, figuring out where they want to where they want to put their hard earned. Um, now, mm. do you need me to read your list of players or have you, have you had time to really think about it? Uh <laughs> Really thinking about it's probably a bit strong, but I've uh, I've run through the uh, the list of entries and gotcha. uh, um, balanced my uh, my thought processes in whatever way I can do. Love it. Um, I, I just I just can't go past Minwoo. I uh, Min-woo. I think it's another it's another one of those courses where it's a bit of it's a little bit performance artish where there's yep. a bit of a bit of water around and as you say the bear trap that he's got to uh, step up and um, overpower. So um, I like Minwoo for those sort of places and those sort of performances. So yep. I think he's round, rounding into some form, hopefully. So um, uh, so I've got Minwoo in there. Uh, Eric Van Royen is going to be my second tip. I've just seen him uh, flash a couple of uh, decent weeks of late as well, and or a couple of decent rounds at least. He hasn't quite got it through to a, a decent week, but I think he should be able to uh, get through a decent week eventually so i've got uh, him as my number two pick yep and i was torn between thorbjorn olison and jt poston for my last one yep. and your your chat just then about uh the putting has uh, made me fall on the side of jt poston so okay uh minwoo van royan and jt poston for mine the best part about these events is uh they truly just anyone can win um, mm. anybody can win it all 
And th- this year, it's like surely there's some sort of reversion to the mean as far as um, players who should win go in that uh, there's just been, well, there's only been one or two winners that have been less than triple figure odds. Mm. So there's just got to be someone down there at the pointy end surely by now. So we'll, yep. we'll see. Now, public service announcement for anyone who does get the email. Firstly, if you want the email, threeputtpodcast at gmail.com. Free email every Wednesday goes to you with all of the data, all the breakdowns of the tournaments, some picks, the odds, everything, first-round leader stuff, everything's there. So get involved. This is the time of year when things get a bit sketchy in the data for me. So like I said at the the beginning of the podcast, I, I really weigh heavily much more last year's data than this year's data. But at one point, I have to make the decision on when I want to start really start concentrating more on this year's data. And this is the week I've decided to do it. Um, so I'm really now looking a lot more on how people have played this season uh, than I am last season because I feel like I've got enough sort of enough numbers now to get a bit more of a a better read on how people are going rather than just looking at their form coming in. So I'm just prefacing by saying that because it can get a little bit messy, but you can find some gold pretty early. So I'll, I will run with that. Just for you, um, JT Poston in the data ranks seventh, so very high up, mm-hmm. up, up the numbers. Tenth at mm-hmm. the Genesis, twentieth at Pebble, and eleventh at the Amex. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, he has played here a handful of times. Has had had some patchy results. Sixty third last year, but you know some mid thirties and some uh, top thirties in economies last six or seven years. Uh, Eric Van Royen ranks thirteenth, so again pretty high up. Hasn't really played too well here. Three starts for two cuts and a 60th, but did finish eighth in Mexico, 20th at Pebble, and 25th at the Amex. Pretty similar form coming in, actually, to um, mm. JT. Mm-hmm. And your other boy is Min Woo Let Him Cook Lee. Now, where is Min Woo Lee? I think he's a fair way down yeah, the board, to be honest. I think you'll probably be scrolling for a little while. His, uh, his, his performances haven't necessarily trended in the right direction this year, but uh, can't can't get off him. No, and I'm with you there, and I actually don't mind Aussies in Florida. It's one of the, it's like the West Coast. Mm, mm-hmm. It's one of those places that I don't mind them. So he rates 77th, has played here before though, which is uncommon for Minwoo, obviously coming on to the PGA Tour for his full, first full season, and did finish 26th. So that does mean he does like playing, he can play here. Um, but he was 71st at Phoenix, which wasn't his best result where we probably thought he'd go okay. And he was mm-hmm. 21st at the Amex and 43rd at the Farmers. So... Yeah, certainly no 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 massive knock against him, but um, like you said, I think he's probably just not flashed the form that we want him to. Mm. Now, just getting okay. No, I was just getting used to his new Lululemon apparel as well. <laughs> he's, yeah. He'll be fit and, fit and firing in that now too. That's true. He still looks sharp. He still looks very sharp. Um, so I highlight. I always highlight, but before we do this, um, four or five people because I figure someone's going to pinch one of my players. Um, but you didn't. So I've got. Five names highlighted, and I'll, I'll probably just quickly run through them now, um, so that way people can get a handle on why I picked them, and if they remotely care, um, that's great. So effectively, first person I'm going to pick is Eric Cole. Um, he rates sixth in my data, um, was second here last year, tenth at the Genesis, and didn't play last week, so he's going to come in fresh. So I quite like that. Uh, 
the the when you said Eric Van Royen, I actually got scared for a second because I thought you were going to say Christian Bezadenhout. Um, oh, the he, other one. He was on there too. Was he? <laughs> so he yeah. was second at the AMX, had three finishes in the 20s before that at Pebble, Phoenix, and the Genesis, and 25th here two years ago. So he's going to be my second pick. And my last pick, I'm going to go with Steven Yeager again. Um, he obviously flew home to third last week. Strong final round, um, 14th here last year and rates 10th overall in the data. So Eric Cole, Bezayden Howe and Stephen Yeager are going to be my three picks. Uh, the two that are going to just miss the cut, Bo Hosler. So Bo show uh, had last week off, but he played five weeks in a row on tour. I think that's a big stretch. For someone to play five weeks on tour is, is a lot. Um, but he did have three top 25s in that stretch and was 16th here two years ago. Didn't play last year. So the Bo show could go quite well this week. And the the fifth uh, was Killer Keith Mitchell. So he won here five years ago, ninth two years ago, um, and his last two starts on tour, he's finished top 20. So they're the guys that all rate top, at least top 20. So that's five guys that rate in my top 20 in the data. And then when I overview how they played here and how they played coming in, they're the ones that sort of come to the top for me. So, But I'll stick with the top three, Cole, Bezayden, Hout, and Jaeger, and you will stick with Minwoo, uh, EVR, and JT Poston. Like all the mugs, do you have a uh, charity you'd like me to give my money to? Uh, I do like Movember as a charity. I've uh, I've been a supporter of those guys for you know, ten plus years, so it'd be great to go with them. Done. That's an easy one, Movember. Uh, I can easily do that one. The last event uh, is an event that, of course, that I've played at, which is good. Uh, mm. It's the New Zealand Open this week, which is a, mm. a big event. Yes. Um, Last year, Brendan Jones won. Um, Brad Kennedy before that. It was um, it's a very very big event on a very very beautiful part of the world. Um, it's played yeah. at Millbrook Millbrook Resort just out of Queenstown, up towards Arrowtown. Um, it's played on the I think it's the Remarkables and the Coronet courses because they're the two big mountain ranges there. For anyone that's been there, everyone, oh, especially the skiers, the people that go snow skiing listening uh-huh. uh, the remarkables are the the big big one and then the coronet i think it's coronet peak uh, i actually went to the top of coronet peak in a helicopter um mm. is is there and they play those there's two 18 holes there and they play both of those um and it is a beautiful little part of the world i played there uh would have been nearly nine years ago and thoroughly enjoyed it it's a it's just such a such a beautiful part of town it is a it is a big event. Um, it has got some really good players coming in. I've just written down a handful of people that I've sort of looked at and thought, oh, yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, good good names to have there. So Daniel Healy is back. Uh, Dave Michaluzzi, Daniel Gale, winner from two weeks ago now. Uh, Elvis Smiley, Jasper Stubbs, the M, is back. Uh, probably his last start before I guess he goes over and gets starts getting ready for the Masters, I would think. Yes. Um, Jeffrey Guan and I don't know. I, we've got to think up a name for Kazuma Kaburi. Outside of freak, uh, well, he's, he's playing as he's well. He's at home too. At home in New Zealand, yeah. Oh, he's got. Uh, well, he's he's just playing so well. He's starting to get a bit of pressure on himself to to win. He will. not he just will. to do well, but to win. No, he will. I agree. I think um, if he plays as well as he has in those TPS events at this event, yeah, I I, I don't even know where to go with it from there. Like. To come back to your home home country and play in front of those people that are going to be expecting you to play really well and then delivering on it is, is very, very difficult. Um, yeah. It is a prime event, so um, they do play over the two courses, as I said. Um, 
stock standard, um, I won't say rent, rent a crowd, rent a pro-am partner. <laughs> uh, Ash Barty, Andy Lee, uh, Ian Botham and Ricky Ponting are all playing. <laughs> of um, course. It's, um, they're good golfers, so good luck to them. Um, it, it's it's going to be a bit of fun to watch, and I think it's a good time for us too. If you're sitting uh-huh. at home on uh, Saturday mm. or Sunday, it's it's perfect afternoon viewing uh, to get in front of the TV, being it they finish a little bit earlier because of the, the time zones back to Queenstown from Melbourne at least in Hobart. Uh, I'll be definitely settling down at some point on Saturday and having a bit of a look. Would you normally watch that sort of stuff on a? Would you normally get time? Yeah, obviously? yeah. If if I get the um, if I think about it and uh, I say that it's on, I certainly I remember um, not too long ago watching Matt Griffin come through with the win. He was uh, back when I was at Drummond Golf. He I met yep. him a couple of times, and he's a really nice guy. And so it was great to watch him. Uh, come home with a win in the New Zealand Open, and uh, so yeah, no, I've enjoyed watching that a couple of times. Yeah, I um, I think it's a great one to watch. I mm. think the scenery is amazing. Mm. Um, oh, have absolutely. you been to Queenstown before? Yes, yeah, a couple of times, and it's just such a good place to just go and travel as well. You can yep. go there any any time of year. I've been both in summer and in winter, and so summer you can go and do all the jet boating and. Yep. We went skydiving and did all those sort of things. And then in winter went skiing. It's uh, it's a great place to visit. It is. I, I described uh, playing at Jack's Point, which is right at the foot of the Remarkables, um, like playing in front of an oil painting. Like it's just, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, it's absolutely stunning. Uh, stunning views back to, you know, back to those mountain ranges. And yeah, it could be a bit chilly in the mornings, but it'll be uh, hopefully they cop some good weather and we, and we get to watch a bit of good golf, which is, you know, all we want. Mm-hmm. The last thing that we're going to talk about before we all get to go home is we do and have just launched a new tipping competition on Teepster. So many of you would have played Teepster before. I know My, my Love of Golf has their one-and-done competition. Uh, this is literally just going to run for five events over the year. So we've got the players coming up in three weeks' time, and then we've got the four majors, and that's it. So you've only got to put in five picks for the year, uh, but it is the same rules. It is a one-and-done. So if you pick... John Rahm to win, I was going to say the players. He probably won't win the players because he won't be playing. <laughs> uh, if you pick uh, Rory McIlroy to win the players, you can't have him at the Masters. So that that's the only rule. The prizes are going to be, if you finish on top at the end uh, and you are the, the leader, overall winner, first prize is a signed Open Championship, 150th Open Championship flag signed by Cameron Smith. Uh, I got him to sign it for me, so it is 100% legitimate. Uh-huh. If you ever get someone uh-huh. that tells you it's not, I'll happily give you money back that you didn't pay for it, but it, it is it is 100% real. Uh, so that is first prize. Um, I hope no one would ever sell it. They want to keep it, but probably worth uh-huh. four or 500 bucks at least. Um, and I have gone and got a whole bunch of other little knickknacks to give away. So I'm obviously going to make sure I get some Seven Mile Beach stuff in there. I've got no, some yeah. uh, beanies from uh, Wickham and from Barnboogle. I've ordered in some little knickknacks from Level Pegs over in New Zealand. So I've got some teas, a little um, club cleaner thing, which they make, which is really, really cool. Just going to grab a whole bunch of little things. But the other prizes will consist of, effectively, if you win one of the single events, um, so say again, you pick Rory to win the players and he wins, maybe four people other. I'll do a little draw for those four people and get one winner. They might win the beanie, a beanie or something, some teas. So if you win an event, if you go into the game at all, you're in the draw to win a separate prize again. And then I'll also do a prize for anyone that beats me. So if I finish last, there's about a million ways you can win a prize and it's free to enter. So um, please get involved. Um, 
if you've got any mates that you think want to play, get them involved. And I've had a few pretty random people jump in already that don't necessarily love golf, but are going to get involved, which is great. Um, so please, I'll be pushing it out on all the socials over the next two or three weeks. The best part about it is even if you miss the players and there's no guarantee that the person who is in there without you is going to win. So you could always, if you miss a start, jump in in the Masters and still go very close to winning the whole lot. So, um, yeah, I really encourage everyone to get involved. And, yeah, it's free and easy. Have you signed up yet? No, not yet. But uh, I am I'm in with bells on once, it, uh, once I remember. So next time when I'm doing my next Teeps to Picks, I will yep. be uh, straight in there. It's uh it's on Teepstar. It's it's listed as three par, par the big five. I think I've called it. Um, if you don't use Teepstar, you don't know how to get there. If you go to three putt podcast on Instagram, in my bio, there's a little link there that should be able to click through and take you through to sign in as well. Again, it's free to play. Um, there's no risk. If you just literally put in for the players and then forget for the rest of the year, you're still going to the draw to, to um to be in it. For nothing. So, yeah, that's it. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a good one. Um, anything else from you, mate, before we run away? Any new deliveries into the shop? Uh, no, we're doing a bit of sampling for stuff that will be in the shop once the course opens. So it's mm. uh, we're getting heavily into the planning for all of that. So there's going to be some very unique pieces in there. It won't just be a uh, another uh, branded polo with an embroidered little bit on the on the chest so we're trying to get some really good good unique stuff that uh, you don't see at every pro shop and that uh, that you'll really enjoy getting your hands on so Love it. some special stuff to come um i don't know i ask you this every time i'm going to ask you again where's the what's the handle for people to have a look at all the stuff you've got yep, seven mile beach uh sorry seven mile golf shop on instagram so just get in there and that'll uh, – so the link's in the bio there, but otherwise just sevenmilegolf.com.au and uh, you can follow the links into the shop and uh, it is all fully stocked at the moment. We just refreshed all of the green single-sided ball markers that we sold out of, so mm-hmm. they are making their way around the world. So feel free to get into the uh, the site and get yours. Love it. Uh, for anyone listening, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Do some ratings on uh, the wherever you listen to it, whether it's on Spotify or on uh, the Apple Podcast app. Doesn't matter; it all helps. Um, if or if you've just got anyone that you know that likes golf or likes having a bet, uh, I can guarantee you, if you know someone that likes having a bet, come the players or at least come the masters. They are going to be wanting to know who to bet on, and I don't think anyone else is doing any tips for the for a golf in Australia here at the moment. So they can go and listen to the people overseas or they can come and listen to this. And at worst, they can sign up for a free email, threepartpodcast at gmail.com and get all of the information that I'm sharing and then they can go and draw their own conclusions from there. So uh, there's no loss, no no, no loser there at all. But thanks again, Mr. Will, and thanks again to the listeners. I appreciate it. Absolutely no problem. I'll see you again next time. Thanks, mate.